Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. I'm impressed by the people in the Bible who hear a call and they just respond right away. You hear the story of the first reading. Samuel, as soon as he hears his name, he goes to Eli, who is the priest. Samuel's living in the temple. And he goes over there, and each time, you know, three times, Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then finally, the priest figures out that's God calling him. He says, when you hear it again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then Samuel hears his name again, and he just says it right away. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. He's so open right away. Or in this gospel reading, the two disciples of John the Baptist, and John says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And they follow Jesus. Where are you staying? Come and see. And Andrew then goes and gets Peter, whose name is Simon, and this is the moment when Jesus changes his name. And then there's a scene where they're in the boats, they're working on their nets, and Jesus comes and calls James and John, come follow me. They get up right away and leave him. How is that possible? Or Matthew at the tax collector's post, he never expected Jesus to call him. He calls him and he goes right away. They weren't all that way in the Bible. There are many times when it didn't go like that. God calls Jeremiah to be a prophet. Jeremiah says, whoa, I'm too young. Don't pick me. He calls the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah says, I'm not holy enough to be your prophet. Even Moses, when Moses is sent to Pharaoh, Moses says, you got the wrong guy. I can't speak well. Evidently, Moses had a stuttering problem. So sometimes they hesitated when they were called. So, you know, when I got my call, I was, a, I was in a teenager. And I remember when it, when it flooded into my mind, the thing that I wanted to do most, you know, I was, maybe I was a little odd as a teenager. They, I thought about what would make me happiest in life. And I thought about, you know, I want to help people get to heaven. It just struck me when I was, maybe it's because I got a logical mind, I just realized, you know, eternity is a lot longer than 70 or 80 years. <laughs> Eternity. I want to make sure I get there. And, and I knew that you get there by doing everything here. That's good. It wasn't like you, like Karl Marx said, religion is the opiate of the people. Don't worry about what's going on now. You're going to go to heaven one day. No, we got to work on here is how you get there. And when I realized that meant the priesthood, I said, oh my gosh, the priest does that all the time. I did not want to become a priest. I was scared to death. I was pacing my backyard as soon as that happened. And I started, I had my best friend as somebody who always wanted to be a priest. So I would have these debates with him, and I'd say, here's why I can't become a priest. I'd come up with reason after reason after reason, and he would show me why each reason wasn't a good one. And then when I finally went into the seminary, Every year they evaluate us. 
you get a very scrutinized evaluation, every part of our lives. And my classmates were always afraid that they were going to say, we don't think you have the vocation. We're going to need to ask you to leave. They were always afraid of that. Me, on the other hand, I was hoping that they would say it. Because <laughs> if they said it, I could say, you know what? I tried. They didn't want me. Well, I was hoping for that. And even when we got to the end of seminary, the guys in my class were like, oh, we can't wait to get out of here. I was like, can't we take a few more courses? I don't feel like I'm ready yet. <laughs> you know who I was like? You remember the Wizard of Oz? The Cowardly Lion? I remember watching that as a kid. The Cowardly Lion, when he finally mustered up enough courage to go in to the witch's castle because his friend Dorothy was in there. As soon as he says that, he looks at his two friends, the scarecrow and the tin man, and he says, there's one thing I want you guys to do. Talk me out of it. I think I had then, and sometimes I think I still have, a little bit of the cowardly lion syndrome. I was afraid. And I think... I wonder if I'm not the only one who's afraid of the call. Do you believe that you're called? I've been doing this 40 years now. I don't know for sure. When I look out at you, I don't know what the percentage here is. I don't know. How many of you believe, really believe that you are being called? I don't know. I think sometimes we might have that feeling, and maybe we, you embrace it. But I think there's a lot of us who probably have a bit of the cowardly lion syndrome in us. And you know, there can be calls within the call. Mother Teresa was called to be a nun. But then she gets this call in 1946. that God wants her to work with the poorest of the poor. It was another call inside the call. And she had the courage to say yes. Let me tell you briefly about two people and about their call. One of them was one of my students in the seminary. His nickname was Jets. He got that for, in high school. Ironically enough, or maybe coincidentally enough, he became an airplane pilot. He flew 747s. I used to have talks with him at lunch and said, what's it like to control a plane that big? Well, the day he was going to enter the seminary, that week, he gets a call from Singapore Airlines. They heard about him. They said, we got a brand new airplane. It's called the A380. It's a double-decker, over 400 passengers. We want you to fly it. And we're going to pay you starting salary, this was way back, $225,000. So there he is. He's about to go into seminary that week, and he's got this offer on the table. Can you imagine? He's got the choice right there. So he went to his pastor, and he said, hey, they're offering 225000 What can the church do? <laughs> and his pastor looked at him and said, how about $50 a month, and you've got to go to school for eight years? He said, I'll take it. <laughs> He's a priest today in, in Miami, and I know if you talk to him, he'll say, I know that was God calling me. 
if as much as I love what I was doing, there was something missing inside. And the idea of priesthood wouldn't go away. So that's one person. The other one is a young person. She had lots of trouble in her health when she was born. Her parents worried about her a lot. And then when she was about six years old, she gets in an accident. And she's in a coma. She's in a coma for three weeks. Can you imagine as parents wondering if your daughter will ever wake up? And she finally woke up. And she used to talk to her mom, and she said, Mom, I was with Jesus. And he told me, there are too many takers in this world. I want you to be a giver. I want you to be a giver. She received her vocation in that coma, and she tried to live the rest of her life like that. So how do we discover our vocation? You may say, well, I don't know. Because in the world today, there are so many people who feel lost. Some people feel there is no purpose to life. Can you imagine living like that? Where it's kind of like a spiraling angst and then headed towards like a despair about life. Or they may think there's purposes, but I can't discover mine. We can't say that as Christians. We have a purpose. We each have a call. Each one of us here, some way, is called by God to live the gospel in our life, to spread love to all we meet. It happens every day we live out our vocation. But if you are wondering, how is God calling me? Let me offer this advice. It comes from the first reading today. When Samuel is there and Eli tells him, when you hear your name again, Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What if every time your heart was moved, maybe you see a sunset or something beautiful, and your heart moves, what if you said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What if that thing that moved your heart is actually God talking to you? And if I said, speak, Lord, what could happen next? Or when you're in a difficult situation and you see maybe friends of yours who are struggling or you see things on TV where people are dealing with such tragedy and your heart goes out to them, that could be a moment again where I say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I don't think God's going to pass up when we say that. I'm planning to say that more in my life now. Speak, Lord. Let me hear you. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.